Let's take our Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter number 4. Matthew chapter number 4. We were in this passage of Scripture this past Sunday and uh, on the subject matter of learning to follow, where Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And um, just going to take a couple weeks on some simple things that as we follow Jesus, be like he is. And aren't you thankful for that? So thankful for the Lord Jesus and what God's doing. And so let's take Matthew chapter number 4. If you found it and you're able to, let's stand together for the reading of the Word of God. Matthew chapter 4, we're going to read verses 1 through 11. Matthew 4 verses 1 through 11 starts off in verse 1, says, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taken him up into the holy city, and setteth him upon a pinnacle of the temple. And saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain, and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world, and the glory of them. And saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. I want to look at the subject matter this morning and just be able to, Lord willing, try to help us in a few areas on this subject matter of yield not to temptation. Yield not to temptation. I'm not going to ask because every one of us this morning would be saying, yes, we've had temptation in our lives. It's not the temptation that is the sin. It is the yielding to temptation. And we're going to look at some things in the scriptures in this matter of learning to follow Jesus and uh, just see if God will be a help to us today. Amen. And so let's pray together, then you can be seated. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for the word of God. And Lord, I'm so thankful that we can look at the example of Christ that he gives to us, Lord, even on this subject matter of yielding to temptation. And Lord, we can learn some things, we can apply them to our hearts and lives, and Lord, just some nuts and bolts of Christianity. And uh, Lord, to be able to help us in our daily lives, and we thank you for it. Now Lord, would you do that work? You know what's needed, Lord, in every heart today. And uh, so Lord, would you meet that need that I cannot? May the Holy Spirit of God speak to hearts. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. This matter of temptation, we know even in the next chapter of Scripture, in the model prayer that the Lord Jesus Christ gives to us, actually in chapter number 6, 
when he says and talks about our prayer and how we're supposed to pray, that in verse number 13 of chapter 6, it says, and lead us not into temptation. And so we understand this matter of temptation. We understand that it's strong. We understand that it abounds on every side. Everywhere around us, it seems like there can be temptation. We can be drawn into a certain area, into a certain uh, path of sin before we even know it. Now, there's several things that we'll look at as we come down through the scriptures. And really, I do want to just try to be a, a help in this matter this morning, but by looking at the scriptures... And then I did not go through as we looked at our devotional book that we're going through in our classes at 9 o'clock. I had this message actually about two to three weeks ago on when God would have me preaching this exact message. And then if you went through your devotions this week in our Overcomers Journal, one of the devotions was overcoming the seasons of temptation in our lives. How many remember that devotion? How many remember it because you just went through it in Sunday school? And so uh, we might be re reiterating a few things, but I just thought it was wonderful how God put everything together as we walked into service this morning, as I was doing my devotions this week, as this message was already prepared and ready to be able to be preached this morning. And uh, you say, well, pastor, what does that say to you? What that says to me is that there's at least one, and I guarantee a whole lot more, that needs some help in this matter of yielding to temptation. And so as we look at this, we're given the example of the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, he is just now beginning his visible earthly ministry in Matthew chapter number 4. We have record of his baptism back in chapter number 3. And then he is led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And he is fasting and praying for 40 days and 40 nights. And I thought this phrase in verse number 2 was kind of a given uh, when it says after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. And I thought, well, it's kind of a given if you haven't eaten for 40 days and 40 nights that he would be hungry afterwards. But just leading up to this matter of temptation, temptation in our hearts and lives, can I just give us some help that most of the time, uh, when temptation is going to be strongest in our lives, it's when we are at our weakest. And the devil knows exactly, and we're going to get into this in just a little bit, but uh, he knows when we're tired. He knows when we're wore down. He knows when you just want to sit by and, and he can bring that exact temptation into our lives that's going to hit us at that very moment, what we would be yielding to. And the Lord Jesus Christ, he comes here in Matthew chapter number 4, and the first thing that he tempts him with is command that these stones be made to bread. Now, why would that be such a big deal, um, tempting the Lord Jesus Christ? Christ in that. We just read the verse that he had gone 40 days and 40 nights and he was hungry. And the devil comes up and tempts him to be able to turn stones to bread. 
And then he tempts him. The second temptation that it was for the Lord is to cast himself down uh, from the pinnacle of the temple, uh, believing that the angels are going to gird him up and that he would never hit the ground. And uh, this would be the equivalent today of saying, I'm going to go out and walk upon the yellow line and just be able to trust God and say, hey, I'm going to walk down the yellow line. After all, my life is in God's hands and he's going to protect me and take care of me. I don't think we'd have the idea of going out and jumping off a bridge without a parachute just saying, hey, God's going to have his angels come and take care of me. We would look at those temptations and that's crazy. And that's what the Lord Jesus was saying. Hey, the Bible says thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And so I don't go stand in front of a bus and say, now God protect me. I don't go jump off a bridge without a bungee cord or jump out of an airplane without a parachute. By the way, I don't do those two things anyway, okay? I don't do those things and just say, well, God, you're going to take care of me. That's tempting the Lord God, okay? And then coming up here saying, hey, fall down and worship and I'll give you all this so that you can be ruler over all these kingdoms. He said, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. But I want to remind us that temptation in our lives, and I believe that you could probably go back without giving public testimony, you could probably go back and be able to look at the times that temptation was the strongest in your life and understand at those moments that you were probably physically, emotionally, spiritually, and mentally very possibly the weakest times in your life. And so as we look at this and we set the context of yield not to temptation, I want to look at first of all the origin of temptation. Now as we read here, the Bible says in verse number one that he was led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted, and who's it by? Tempted of the devil. That the devil himself was going to come and tempt the Lord Jesus Christ here on this earth in order to try to get the Lord Jesus Christ to fail. We see that in verse number 3 it does say, And when the tempter came to him. But then we have the three temptations that we just made mention of starting in verse number three and then saying in verse number six and verse number eight are the three temptations. And after the Lord Jesus Christ successfully came through all three of those temptations to remind us who it was in verse number 11, the Bible says, then the devil leaveth him. So in the life of the Lord Jesus, we understand that the origin of these temptations came from the devil himself. But may I remind us that you and I are not Jesus. I know that just shocked some of you, didn't it? You got awfully quiet thinking, what, what do you mean? You're not Jesus. I'm not Jesus. May I remind us that Jesus himself did not have the sin nature that you and I are born with. That according, and this is the third time in a week that God's led to quote this verse, according to Ephesians chapter number 2 and verse number 3, that we by nature are the children of wrath even as others. You see, it is built into each and every one of us 
that we're sinners by nature. We are born sinners. No one had to sit that, sit us down when I was a, a cute little blonde-headed, blue-eyed boy with finger curls on top of my head, and no one had to sit me down and teach me and say, Now, Peter, this is how you lie to mommy and daddy. This is how you pitch a fit. This is how you throw something at your sister. And this is how you get angry at your brother. No one had to sit down and teach me that. And I would dare to say, guess what? You didn't have to teach your kids either. In fact, most of us probably just assume they got it from their mother. That's what we assume, isn't it? And most of the ladies are saying, absolutely not. They got it from their father. Which I will say this, according to Bible, okay, the sin nature is passed down through the Father. Anyway, we won't get into all of that this morning. But listen, it is actually passed down and by nature that's who we are. But can I remind us that the Lord Jesus Christ was not born with the same sin nature as what each and every one of us are born with. That's why the virgin birth is of utmost importance in the scriptures as we study through there. He did not have a human father. And so he was not naturally bent towards sin like what each and every one of us are. You say, oh no, if, if you, leave a, you leave a man to himself, he'll do wonderful. Well, go back and ask Adam and Eve about that, okay? They were left to themselves. They had the presence of God that walked with them on a daily basis in the cool of the day in the Garden of Eden. And guess what? They still messed it up. And you say, well, if, if I was back in the Garden of Eden, I wouldn't have messed it up if I would have been in that perfect environment. Hey, listen, you're given the opportunity today, and guess what? I would dare say the majority right here under the sound of my voice haven't made it this far without messing up today. You say, how do you know? Because it's a Sunday morning. And don't you know that when we're trying to get to church, that's when we sin the most? Because we're waiting. Why do you think my wife and I drive separately to church on Sundays? Because I'm not going to be sitting there saying, hey, let's get rolling. Let's... It, just, it just keeps me from sinning. And so I'm getting out a whole lot earlier anyway. But listen, we are naturally bent towards sin. But the Lord Jesus Christ wasn't. And here you have Satan himself that comes and takes on the duty of trying to tempt the Lord Jesus Christ. But may I say... It's probably not the devil that comes and tempts us on a daily basis. May I say this old excuse that we try to pass it off, and I don't know if you've used this this week or you've used it at all in your lifetime. When we do something, can I, can I say this in a spiritual sense? We do something really stupid spiritually. And we sin against the Lord. And how many times we try to use that excuse? Well, the devil made me do it. Now, it's real wonderful to try to pass the buck and to try to put the blame. But listen, I'm of the opinion most of the time the devil hasn't even paid attention to me. Because the devil doesn't have to. You know why? Because I found out it's not the devil that has to come personally to try to get me to sin. But here's what I have found out. That this old rotten flesh that I live in on a daily basis is naturally bent towards sin. 
and it is a battle every day and the origin of temptation in my life is not the devil coming to try to cause me to fail but it is own, it is my own rotten flesh that is against the things of God and desires for the pleasures of sin for a season in my life. Now look what the Bible says. Let me share a few verses with you. James chapter number 1. James chapter number 1. And James reminds us in verse number 13, James over towards the end of the Bible right before um, 1 Peter, 2 Peter, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, Jude, Revelation. So if you get to Revelation, back it up about six books, okay? And in James chapter number 1, verse number 13, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted, look at this, when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Well, what is the origin of all of this? The origin of that sin and temptation is when they are drawn away from their own lust. I made mention of it in Sunday school, and you may have heard this before, but James chapter 1, verses 14 and 15 is actually the spiritual LSD. Okay? You can write that down. The spiritual LSD. You say, Pastor, how do you even know about that? Trust me, your pastor knows a whole lot more than what you give him credit for. The spiritual LSD. Lust, sin, death. Lust, sin, death. And where does that temptation come? Listen, when he is drawn away of his own lust. That means the desires that are in our heart and life anyway, sometimes because of previous activity, because of previous vices and strongholds that have been in our lives, that the flesh knows how wonderful it felt in that moment and brings it back to our hearts and our lives, and we get drawn away with that and just puts temptation out there. Hey, listen, can I I remind us of this? Temptation is on every side today. Every side. You cannot get on your phone and start scrolling down through anything without making sure that there's some type of temptation that comes up in front of you. You can't drive down the road without billboards being put out there advertising a certain place or establishment. You can't sit there and watch your favorite godly television program that you think is there without some type of temptation. You say, oh no, it's Andy Griffith. There's no temptation going on there. I say this being down south, I about got sick of Andy Griffith. Everybody down south, I mean, they're talking about Andy Griffith and you got Mayberry. We went through Mayberry. I had a pork chop sandwich, okay? I understand where it's at. You say, oh, no, it's, it's just that. All I do is watch sports. Well, what about that commercial that comes on in between? Can I say this? The flesh is going to make sure everywhere we turn. Listen, temptation is abounding around us. How many, how many beer commercials and wine commercials and drunkenness commercials are put out there on the television? You know why? Because they know that there's people's flesh out there that is going to take that and listen, 
They can't handle all of that. Why is it, hey, listen, you walk down the street, I've heard certain towns, you can drive through, you better not have your window down as you stop at a stoplight because they're going to be throwing in some drugs with a telephone number on it. Saying, hey, once you get done that, call us for some more. And they, they just got you addicted. Hey, the flesh. And I say this, the origin of temptation in our hearts and lives, it doesn't have to be that Satan takes the time off from everything else in life, but it is that the things that we allow in our lives are those things that will be yielding to temptation. There's a reason that, the, uh, that Paul reminded us in Ephesians that we ought to abstain from all appearance of evil. There's a reason that Paul reminded us that we ought not to give any place to the devil. People that are sitting here right now, that from their own mouth, that they have recovered from over 30 years ago of being an alcoholic. But they'll give you the testimony they won't even set foot inside of a bar today. You know why? Because they're not going to give that place whatsoever for the devil or for their flesh to be able to yield to temptation. You say, well, pastor, I, I don't agree with that. I think you can go everywhere and you just trust the Lord to be able to take care of you. I'm not going to give place to the flesh. I'm not going to give place to the devil. You know why? Because I don't trust the flesh. I don't trust my flesh. And guess what? I don't trust yours either. Because the flesh is contrary to the spirit. And at any time, your flesh will look to be able to destroy you. The origin of temptation, listen, in Jesus' life, we see in Matthew 4 that it came from the devil himself, but we see in our lives the origin of temptation most of the time just comes directly from our flesh and what the flesh desires to do. But then can I remind us about the opportunity for temptation? The opportunity for it? You say, well... That's just kind of a given, isn't it? It is. Have you just driven around town lately? Have you just, and, and uh, I, I do not recommend this, have you just clicked on the TV and started channel surfing? Have you just looked at your phones and the availability that is there? Can I say this? The opportunity for temptation is abounding on every side of us. And if you don't have some... And I'll use the term, if you don't have some guardrails, if you don't have some principles that are set in your life, I'll, I'll just, let's just be transparent, okay? Can I say this? If you, if you carry a smartphone with you, the availability and opportunity for temptation is there every time you look at it. So here, here's what I do personally, and my wife knows this. Do you know that there is no password on my phone that my wife doesn't have? I don't have to worry about if she grabs my phone and she's looking for something on what she's going to see and what she's going to come up with. I'm not worried about that. That's called accountability. Now the Bible tells us as we look in the scriptures over in 1 Corinthians chapter number 10, let me remind us of this. And you say, well, I deal with temptations nobody else deals with. And they're just more opportunity in my life. No, that's not what the Bible says. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 13 says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. You see, sometimes we start thinking, hey, what's happening to me, nobody else has ever dealt with before. Well, guess what? 
They have. It's just common to man. And listen, when this was being written almost 2,000 years ago, he wasn't talking about the availability of what's on smartphones or on the internet or in a magazine. or He wasn't talking about those things. But listen, it all comes down to the same thing according to 1 John chapter number 2, verse number 16. All that's in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Every temptation we deal with falls into one of those three areas. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. Guess what? Go back and look at the three temptations that Satan gave to Jesus. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Fits into those three categories right there. Now listen, the opportunity for temptation abounds on every side. You can walk out these doors, turn on the radio, go home, watch a television program, turn on your phone. The opportunity is everywhere. You say, Pastor, what do we do about it? If it's everywhere, listen, Jesus couldn't even get away from temptation. The devil came to him personally. And here's where we usually have this response. Well... You know I'm just human. Well, you know that, that that's just my weak area. Do you think that for one moment that makes a difference with the Lord Jesus? Do you think for one moment in my life that I can look at the Lord in my prayer time and say, but God, you know, you made me this way. You knew that, that there would be desires of the flesh. and Lord, you knew that I'd be bent that way. Hey, listen, not one time in Scripture and not one time in our lives does God ever excuse sin. Not one time does He excuse sin. Not one time does He say, oh, I'll just, I'll just brush over that now. No. We have the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit of God. We have the completed Word of God. We're supposed to be walking in the Spirit. God is not excusing sin. In fact, with the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit of God, when there is sin in a believer's life, it ought to so convict us and so make us miserable that we have just quenched the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And we ought not to be able to have any joy whatsoever until we've confessed it, repented of it, and made it right with God. Do you know how wonderful it is to be able to have a clean slate? You know, and listen, I, I know it never happens with you, so I'll just keep using myself as an example. You know, over the 23 years of marriage, my wife and I have had a couple little spats. Just minor ones. You know what I'm saying? When I just wasn't in line. I mean, it just, that, that's all it was. When I, when I wasn't right... We had a couple little disagreements. You know the joy that it is when those things take place, whether it be with your spouse or with your children, but then fellowship is restored and there's a clean slate to be able to move forward. You know the joy of that, don't you? Boy, how is it? Boy, wives are looking at their husbands right now. <laughs> Bobby back here is pulling out his noose saying, I've got that. <laughs> You know the joy of that. Well, listen, can I say the joy that is in our Christian's lives, Christian life when there are times that we go through life and yes, there's sin in our lives. We, don't excuse, we ought not to be excusing it. We ought to not make an excuse for it. 
but to be able to get it right with the Lord and say, Lord, I, I did yield to temptation. But Lord, I'm asking you to forgive and would you get this right in my life? And listen, other people go through this exact same thing. You think that you're tempted with something nobody else is? I guarantee you, if you started opening up and talking to some others that are, that are dealing with temptation, that you'd be willing to go and talk to them, that most of them would look, look at you and say, you know, I've dealt with that. I've dealt with that. Well, how'd God help you to be able to get over that? Well, I want to look at the third thing. We've looked at the origin of temptation, how that with the Lord Jesus, that it was the devil himself that came to him. But in our lives, it is our flesh, it is our lust, our own personal lust that causes us to yield to temptation. We see the opportunity to be tempted. It's common to every man. But can I say that I don't want us just to stop right there. I don't want us to say, hey, you're painting an awfully grim picture that opportunities for temptation and yielding is all around us. But I believe we have a great pattern for overcoming temptation. Overcoming. Can I, can I remind us of this? There is hope. There is do you know we don't have to live in sin every day of our life? You say, but pastor, boy, I've got such an anger problem. So do I. Can I tell you the, the one time, not the one time, but when it really settled in on my heart about the amount of anger that I possessed. I, I was a young man. Seriously, I probably wasn't 10, 12 years old. And I have a, a brother that's five years older than me. And how many would agree that an older brother, the only purpose of life is to bring your anger out? I mean, that, that's just why God put them on the earth. And we were playing over in the neighbor's pasture. And we were playing war back when, listen, not everybody driving by on the road got all upset because you had a toy gun in your hand. Okay, and I mean, we're, we're playing out in the field and we're having a time together. And once again, my brother beat me. And I got so mad, he turned around and it was worse because he not only beat me, but then he was laughing and walking away from me. And I thought the nerve. I mean, that's just rubbing salt in the wound. And I grabbed that toy gun that I had and I threw that as hard as I possibly could and I nailed him right in the square of the back. You know what rubbed more salt in the wound? He turned around and laughed more. And I was like, I couldn't beat him up. He was five years older than me. I couldn't do any of that. But can I say a little bit later? Well, I started thinking... What would have happened if that was a rock I had in my hand? What would have happened if that was a knife that I had in my hand? What would have been the end result there? And I thought, Lord, you're sure going to have to help me with this matter of anger. And Listen, we've all got these things. We've all got things in our lives. We can't excuse it, but how do we overcome that? How do we get victory? And listen, I, don't, I, can't, I can't really say outside of maybe a couple people here, that they've ever really seen me angry. Because I've asked the Lord, Lord, I need your help with that. And Lord, I need your control in my life. And as I look at that, there's been temptation. But I thought, how can we overcome that? Well, come back to Matthew chapter 4 with me. Matthew chapter number 4. How many temptations were there that the devil came to Jesus with? Three of them. And do you know every answer 
that Jesus gave to the devil in relation to temptation started with three words. It is written. You say, Pastor, how do I overcome temptation in my life? Number one is by the Scriptures. By the Scriptures. You say, well, I just don't know enough of the Scriptures. Okay, you've identified the problem. Now go after the solution. Well, I just don't know enough of the Bible to be able to overcome this temptation. Okay, then start studying the Bible. Get with someone that you say, hey, here's my problem. The bio, the, I know that anger is wrong and I'm tempted towards anger on a regular basis. Help me with this. Can I say that's what brothers and sisters in Christ are around us for? For encouragement, for edification. That's why God puts spiritual leaders and pastors in your life, Sunday school teachers, to be able to take you to the Scripture and be able to say, hey, here's what the Bible says about that. Well, if it's in a certain area, well, then start looking up verses that deal with that. Get to the Scriptures. Now, let me remind us. Can I say the devil also quoted Scripture? And there's going to be sometimes that there may be a temptation that's thrown in front of us. And if we don't understand what the Bible says, we may take that completely out of context. We may be saying, hey, but here's what the Bible says. But you start reading around it, it has absolutely nothing to do with that. My dad said it for years. It was, it was used this week. Someone made, the, uh, made the, the joke about it that you can, take, you can take any Bible verses and cause you to do something you wouldn't normally do. They said take them out of context. And the old one that everybody goes to, it says that, that Judas went out and hung himself, right? That's what the Bible says. Well, there's another verse that says go out and do thou likewise. You can get the Bible to say anything you want it to say. There's another verse that says, and whatsoever thou doest, do quickly. You can, you can take things out of it, but that's what the devil did too, is take verses and take Scripture out of context, and I do not recommend that whatsoever. Okay, I'm just going on the record right now. But you better get to know the Scriptures. You say, listen, I want to overcome temptation in my life. Then listen, the number one way you're going to be able to do it is when there's a temptation that is put in front of you, just start quoting Scripture at it. See what happens with that temptation then. Hey, you deal with a certain vice or stronghold that's in your life. Pastor, I'm tempted every time I sit down. I don't watch what is right on television. All right, how about what the Bible says, that I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. Boy, wouldn't that be wonderful if, 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 if that's your temptation and that's what you're involved in? Go ahead and print that verse out and tape it to the top of your television. And every time you sit down to turn that on, it says, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. Boy, it might make a difference when that thing comes on and you're saying, oh, I got the scripture staring at me. Hey, when temptation came, even the life of the Lord Jesus, he started quoting Scripture. You say, well, it was easy for him to quote Scripture because he is the Word. He actually wrote it. He's the author of the whole thing. Well, can I say this? He's given it to us. Why do you think we're working on memorizing Scripture as we're going through our weekly Bible study? If we say we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we do not the truth. 
Simple things to be able to learn. We have the scripture that we can be looking at and we can be memorizing. And if you're tempted in a certain area and here's your weakness, then I would suggest this. Get into the scriptures. Write down some scriptures. Carry them with you. Refer back to them. Memorize them. Get them settled in your heart. Can I say this? I want you to see in chapter 4 and verse number 1, it's not just the scriptures but can I say being obedient and led by the Spirit makes a difference too. See, chapter 4, verse number 1, it says, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness. You say, well, I was in this place and temptation came. Can I say this? Jesus was in the right place at the right time and temptation still came. I've noticed this. I've noticed you can be sitting in church on a Sunday morning. You can be in the right place at the right time, and guess what? There'll be a temptation that comes up into your heart and your life. And you may sit there and say, where in the world did that come from? Can I say, number one, we better be in the Scriptures, but number two, we better be led by the Holy Spirit of God. Some people wonder why they walk out of a bar staggering drunk. Well, the Spirit of God didn't lead you there in the first place. Well, every time I walk down on that street corner, that same person is there selling drugs. You know what I'm going to say to you? Don't walk on that street corner. I think it'd be the will of God to avoid it. Someone once said, hey, every time I stop at such and such a gas station, I know exactly where those magazines are. You know what I'm going to say? Quit stopping at the gas station. The Holy Spirit of God's not going to lead you that direction. He's not going to lead you there. Pay at the pump. You say, is it that simple? Sure is. Hey, listen. Even Jesus being led of the Spirit still had temptation. And we better be walking in the Spirit because we know, guess what? The flesh lusteth against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh, and it's a constant battle in our lives, and whichever one you're given the strength to is the one that's going to win when temptation comes. Overcoming. We better be in the Scriptures. We better be in the Spirit. But then, let me, boy, let me share this with you. Second Peter chapter 2. Boy, I love this. Second Peter chapter number 2. I love the simplicity of this phrase of Scripture as we look down through. I'm going to start back in verse number 7 so that you can see the context. It's dealing with Lot and dealing with Sodom and Gomorrah. And verse 7 says, And delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked, for that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. Verse number 9, I love this phrase, The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation. You say, I just don't know if he can bring me out of this. Hey, God knows how to deliver someone. I'm, I'm reminded again, turn over with me to 1 Corinthians, if you can find it real quick before I read the verse. 1 Corinthians chapter number 10, we read this. Talking about the opportunity that it's common to man, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape 
that ye may be able to bear it. You say, Pastor, what's that verse saying? I'm saying every time there's a temptation in your life, as you being a child of God, there is a way to be able to get out of it. There is a way. You say, well, I just didn't see any way to get out of it. Then you're calling God a liar according to 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Because every temptation that comes to us, listen, it's common. God understands. Listen, there's no new thing under the sun that's going to attack you on a daily basis that God doesn't already have the remedy for. But will, with the temptation, make a way of escape? Hey, listen, there's always a way out. How many, and listen, you, you think back over your life. Listen, when there's a temptation that comes up before you, you may not be looking at it as a way of escape, but how many, when a temptation's come up, boy, it's amazing a text message comes through at that same time, says, hey, I'm praying for you right now. Man, they didn't know anything. Hey, hey, what do you mean? A, a Bible verse comes up or a thought in the mind or, or something changing. We're thinking, where'd that come from? I believe it's God just saying, just providing a way of escape right here. Because the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation. You say, how can I overcome that? It's going to come through the Scriptures and the Spirit and our Savior. Through all of it. Walking in the Spirit, not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. Now listen, here's what we need to be careful of. It's at our weakest moments, and you know this. A pastor goes through this, deacons go through this, Sunday school teachers go through this. You start getting a little bit physically sick. You start getting wore down a little bit, mentally drained, spiritually depleted, and you just sit back and say, I just want to veg for a while. And all of a sudden, we're not as strong spiritually as we should be. Boy, we got to be careful with that. It's at those times, boy, the devil can come right up alongside of us or our flesh starts creeping up and says, boy, you know what would help you forget all of this? Yeah, go ahead and find it down there on the street corner. Go ahead and find it in that gas station that you go to. Go ahead and turn on that television program. Go ahead, go, and boy, the flesh. Well, I'm not consciously doing it. I'm, I'm just tired. I'm just wore down. Hey, listen, God provides a way of escape. I want to encourage us from the life of Jesus. Listen, simple things. And I'm not saying we have a, a church full right now that is, that is yielding to, to sin in lives. But listen, every one of us do. And you say, Pastor, how do we get past it? Hey, listen, husbands and wives, at some point, you've got to get past the temptation of you being the one that's always right, of always having to have the last word, of always got to be... Listen, doesn't have, what, what good is it going to accomplish? Young people, you think, hey, I can handle this and I'll be able to get on by it? You don't know what it's going to cost. And we talked about it a little bit in class this morning. Can I say when it comes to temptation, whether we yield or don't yield, always comes back to the value that we place on either side of it. Do we place more value on the satisfaction that we get from yielding? Or do we place more value on our relationship with the Lord and being able to walk in light with Him? Where do we place that value? Now, you may be here today and you say, well, Pastor, sin's just abounding in my life. And I've never been convicted of it. I mean, there's just... Well, here's the thing. Here's the difference. The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation. You may be here today and you're not even a child of God. 
Can I say this? You have nothing but your imperfect moral compass to be able to try to help guide and direct you through life. But as soon as we're a child of God, we have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of us. But boy, then he's using the word of God to convict us and say, uh-uh, you ought not to be doing that. And kind of course corrects us and be able to get going the right direction. But you may be here today and you're not even saved. Sin doesn't even convict you. Things that are against the word of God, you can live in sin and it doesn't mean anything to you. Well, can I say this? Jesus died for that sin that you're enjoying. Jesus died and took the penalty for that and paid the price for it. And I'm saying, Lord, would you help us? If you're here today and you're not saved, listen, He offers that to you. Eternal salvation. I know it's free according to the Scriptures. It's a free gift, but it cost Jesus His life. He died, was buried, rose again so that we can live victorious so that we can be overcomers in our lives. And you may say, Pastor, I'm not even sure that I'm saved. Can I say today would be a wonderful day to be able to trust Christ as your Savior. But you know, we may have a room full of Christians, but it just seems like it's a constant battle and you're just constantly yielding. Boy, I just, man, I get up in the morning and before I can even put my shoes on, boy, I've yielded again. The Lord helps us with that. Once you get in the Scriptures... Once you obey the Spirit of God, listen to that still small voice when you're getting ready to do something that you know is contrary to the Word of God and something inside of you is saying, you know that ain't right. That's not your wife, by the way. It's the Holy Spirit of God living inside of you. Convicting of sin. Hey, it's not right. Yield not to temptation. Understand where it comes from. Understand the opportunities that are there. But then make sure we're fully armored. I learned that out of the devotions this week too as we were going through. Better make sure you're armored up with the Word of God, the Spirit of God, and walking with Jesus to make sure not to yield to temptation. If you are today, I want you to get it right with the Lord and say no to temptation. Say, no, I'm not going to do it. You say, well, I can't do it for the next week. Just get through today. Just get through today. Let tomorrow, listen, sufficient unto tomorrow is the, is the evil thereof. Just get up tomorrow morning and say no to evil again. Okay? Just take it day by day, sometimes moment by moment. Hey, if I can just get through this hour without this, if I can just get through the next two hours, ask God to be able to give you strength.